Because of the COVID virus, this year's Indiana March for Life, a joint project of Indianapolis Right to Life, the Archdiocese of Indianapolis, and the Diocese of Lafayette in Indiana is different from past years. It began with Mass downtown Indianapolis at St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church earlier today. Then it included a vehicle caravan through downtown Indy, ending at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Catholic Church in Carmel. It now continues with a parking lot rally at Seton, where participants will stay in their vehicles and hear a great lineup of pro-life speakers. Catholic Radio Indy is proud to bring you coverage of this rally. Our coverage is made possible through the generous underwriting support of Mary Grace Bailey Realtor, Guerin Catholic High School, and Global Plastics. And now here's our coverage of this year's Indiana March for Life. The event earlier today was an outdoor event, so we apologize for all of the wind noise that you hear on the microphone, but that is the way outdoor events happen, especially when you record them live. So please join us for the March for Life here on Catholic Radio Indy. It's great to see so many people here for the 5th Annual Indiana March for Life. And this year we are doing this in conjunction with the Chicago March for Life and their Midwest tour of marches. So I'm going to hand the phone over to Kevin Grillio and he is going to uh, explain a little bit more about this Midwest tour of marches and what this is all about. Hey, thanks, Mark. We're so excited to be here. Welcome to Indiana. For those of you watching at home, we have now switched back to East Coast time. We're right there on the border and so excited because Illinois Right to Life, Moody Radio, and several others have joined us on the tour around. But to be right here in Indianapolis, what a joy to be working with Mark and so many of you all here. Those of you here, can we give a little cheer to see, uh, let them at home know you're here? Yeah! Yeah, I hear you now. Great. Awesome. We can't wait to have this awesome program. We're so excited. All right, and a special thank you to St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Catholic Church here where we are having our parking lot rally. And also to Catholic Radio Indy for carrying our march and procession and our rally uh, live on radio. So if you're in your cars and you're having a difficult time hearing us through the windows, which I hope you're not, because we have the volume all the way up, and I'm also, I, my, my kids, I, I have five daughters, and my kids always tell me, you are really loud, Dad. So hopefully you'll be able to hear me through your windows, but if you can't, you can tune in to 89.1 or 90.9, and hopefully those radio stations, um, we get good coverage here at Seton. To start us off, I'm going to introduce Father Michael Walker. He is deacon of Joy of All Who Sorrows Orthodox Church, and he's also the director of Orthodox Christians for Life of Indianapolis. So he's going to start us off, and he's going to uh, start us off in prayer. Thank you. Thank you, Bark. This is just awesome. For me, I love this gathering. It's an inspiration that I just... You know, you don't, you don't expect this kind of response. You know, the devil likes to uh, say, oh, what, what, what can we do? What can we do? This is living proof that we are a community of love, that we are following in the steps of our Creator and our God and our Lord Jesus Christ, and we have gathered together here as His people, and of course, 
he is with us also. Wherever two or three are gathered together, there am I in the midst. And I think the Lord is loving this today. Because we are, this is a, this is an example. This is a, a contradictory example of what the violence and destruction of other entities in our country have brought about. This is a, this is a symbol of love. This is a symbol of our love for each other, our love for the weakest and the most vulnerable in our country and in our, in our world for that matter. I feel incredibly inspired. My heart is just soaring like a hawk. This is wonderful. It's an inspiration for me and it's going to carry me into the future. And I think that's true for all of us. Just as we approach God and we ask for his help, we ask for his guidance, his direction. We, we drink deeply of the waters of life. We go to church and say our prayers. We study the lives of the saints who are our, one, who are our champions, our, our, our inspiring and uh, faithful heroes that we have had in the past. They have stood in the face of incredible opposition, incredible uh, persecution and uh, even in the face of death but they, their love for God was bigger than death and that's what we're here to do we're, sh we're here to show that life is bigger than death giving life promoting life and encouraging our culture, our country to embrace life once again we have witnessed some of the most horrible and destructive mob uh, uh, activity in our country that has never been done in our recent history. And this is just a blessing to cover that. And I hope our prayers are covering this and lifting us up as a nation and showing this shows the world, this shows God that we are truly his people. We have a rich cultural heritage in our Christian faith. We have been given so much. We have been given the, the means and the opportunities to go forth knowing that God is with us and that who can be against us? Who can overcome what we are involved in? Nothing. And we need to carry this forward in all the maybe even what might be considered insignificant things that we do each day. Carrying love in our heart. Let us never uh, become involved in the fray around us, in the, in the fear, in the hatred, the anger, the resentments, the demonization of our fellow human beings and our fellow countrymen. God that is love. We have a God that is mercy. We have a God that forgives and loves us each and every one the same, regardless of any of our uniqueness. And I'm so happy to be here and to be with you all and to share this moment because this is a groundbreaking moment. This is the future of our country. You young people are the future of our country. 
you giving life, you asking for God's help, drawing down his blessings, his mercy, and and holding sacred the gift of life. The gift of life that God gave us in the very beginning and asked us to steward and to nurture. As mothers, as future mothers and fathers, or uh, present mothers and fathers, we are growing our children to become leaders in the world, leaders in our promotion of life and to change the direction and the currents in all the different arenas of our country. This can happen. You are the catalyst. With, if we turn to God in prayer, if we turn to God in fasting, if we turn to God in the remembrance and love for all that we have been given, the cultural heritage, our patrimony that we have inherited from so many sacrifices done by those who have gone before us, all of those who have stood in the cold, in the rain, in the heat, in persecution, in with love in their hearts. And that love, in the example of our Lord and Savior, has conquered every form of destruction and death. He has conquered it all. We are victors through him. Again, I want to thank you all for being here uh, and for gathering together in such a wonderful way. And I, I pray that all of your journeys and everything back to your homes will be safe and secure. Um, as um, Mark uh, introduced uh, me, uh, we are Orthodox Christians for life. We are a fairly new chapter, um, and we're pretty small and, and in a way, you know, kind of uh, just beginning again. Uh, we've just been incorporated nationally, and uh, we are very involved in the second largest march in our country for life, and that's in San Francisco. And uh, that chapter there is very very uh, active and uh, instrumental, and we have just been incorporated there and uh, in, in a national in the national arena as well. We as Orthodox Christians for Life always have a strong presence in Washington, D.C. Unfortunately, that march will not take place this year. But um, we're growing and we're trying to bring to our, our people an awareness of how important this issue is. You know, sometimes we, even as Christians, do not uh, grasp the importance of life in the womb, of how sacred a, a, a woman's womb is. And it should only be a nurturing haven for the unborn. It should always be held as sacred and, and the, the propagation and the future of our world. I want to uh, uh, bring this to a close and, and offer this prayer. It's a prayer that is written by Father Josiah Trenum. He is the pastor at St. Andrew's Church in uh, Riverside, California. He's been very involved in the pro-life uh, movement, and uh, he, he's, a, he's a very large presence at the San Francisco March for Life, along with um, 
Archbishop Carleone. I usually march side by side. So this is what we as Orthodox Christians want to do is march together with all of our brethren and see how we can affect a great change. I want to share this prayer that he wrote, and this will be our prayer uh, for this um, beginning. O Lord Jesus Christ, who at the sixth hour did shed thy precious blood upon the cross for the salvation of all mankind, receive the souls of all the innocent unborn children who have been are being or will be slaughtered today in the hospitals and abortion chambers throughout our nation and across the world. And as their untimely deaths have prevented them from receiving the grace of holy baptism, we entreat thee to accept their innocent blood as baptism as thou didst with the early martyrs. Through the doctors and nurses, parents, and hosts of accomplices responsible for this infanticide, grant tears of repentance and amendment of life. Enable them to run to thee for forgiveness and healing, as have we, and to avoid the eternal death of their own souls. All things are possible with thee, Lord God Almighty, and therefore we entreat thee on this day through thy divine grace, to bring an end to legalized abortion in our nation, to raise up judges and attorneys who will defend thy holy laws. We ask that by thy mercy thou wouldst convince mothers to cancel their abortions, to accept from thy hands the gift of children in faith. We ask that thou wouldst persuade the doctors and nurses who are participating in these acts to repent of their actions and to resolve not to kill children in the womb. Receive our prayer, O Lord God, even though it is offered to thee from sinful and unworthy servants, and unite our entreaty with those of all of our other brothers and sisters crying out today on behalf of the little ones, those who are being formed in the wombs of their mothers. We offer to thee most sincere thanks and true gratefulness that our mothers bore us as much trouble as we have been. We are grateful to be alive, merciful God, and to know thee, and to be given the kingdom and the promise of everlasting life. Deliver us and our land, which we love, from the shedding of innocent blood. Forgive us and heal us, save us, and receive our worship which we offer to thee, to thine everlasting Father, and thy all-holy good and life-giving Spirit, now endeavor, and unto ages of ages. Amen. You're listening to coverage of the Indiana March for Life on Catholic Radio Indy. The event is a joint project of Indianapolis Right to Life, the Archdiocese of Indianapolis, and the Diocese of Lafayette in Indiana. Our broadcast is underwritten by Mary Grace Bailey Realtor, Garin Catholic High School, and Global Plastics. We thank them for their generous support. Thank you, Father Michael, for that, for, for getting us started off here. And thank you for all of you once again for coming here. Um, as Father Michael alluded, 
this is one march among many that have been going on throughout the month of January to commemorate what is today a day that, that really should be an, an infamous day in our nation's history. In 1973, the Supreme Court struck down the laws across this land that protected the innocent in their mother's wombs. And for that, we gather, we come to gatherings like this, we come to gatherings in Washington, D.C. usually, and we gather in San Francisco, and we also gather in Chicago and across the Midwest. I want to introduce now um, Kevin Grillio. Kevin Grillio is um, the executive director of We Dignify, and he's one of the co um, He's one of the co-organizers of the March for Life in Chicago. Um, he, his organization, We Dignify, they help to um, train students so that they're skilled and become virtuous pro-life leaders. Kevin has been a mentor for many um, pro-life leaders across the country. He's a uh, nonprofit um, leader, a um, and and a. Uh, a like I said, one of the organizers of the March for Life in Chicago. So Kevin's going to tell us a little bit more about We Dignify. He's going to tell us a little bit more about what's going on with this Midwest tour of marches. Thanks so much, Mark. What a joy to be here. I did not anticipate being an indie, but you guys are great. I'm very excited to be here with you. And in fact, my team is continuing to hand me numbers of papers as the diapers keep pouring in so that if there are any more silly out there we've gone through one paper two paper i keep getting accounts and my degree in english is trying to keep up uh, and we're really just trying to keep up with you because you continue to move with us maybe you're tired of hearing historic novel unprecedented maybe you have a hard time getting through a christmas card that doesn't have one of those adjectives in it everyone's talking about the times St. Augustine says, bad times, hard times, this is what people keep saying. But let us live well, and times shall be good. Thirteen months ago in one day, my daughter Grace was born. She's my first daughter. I have three kids. And my daughter, yeah, I'm very excited about that. You know, she's over a year now, but we can still celebrate, right? I, it was an incredible moment. For the very next day, found her in the NICU, struggling to breathe her life. Her respiratory rates were plummeting, and the doctors were surprised by it. And I looked around the NICU at all these children that are not valued, that have no value until they're born, but all of them are pre-term, just like my daughter. Now today, Fast forward 13 months in a day. She's running around, she's toddling, she's walking from the couch to the coffee table, trying to get to that dining room table, and she's looking up with those big old eyes. And she's got me wrapped around her finger already. So it didn't take too long for that, but she's also got her brothers wrapped around her finger. Today is not a time to just complain about life. Today is a time to sacrifice for life. I'm joined with several We Dignify leaders, and on a breezy day, uh, and it's great to be here because they've stepped up. In a time where we could have stepped back, held back, tried to figure it out, they stepped forward with solutions and we've been touring across the country really, I mean, driven over 2,700 miles, which would go from coast to coast if you stretch it out. But we stayed right here in the Midwest because we know the Midwest needs a solution. We come from Illinois. 
a land that needs so many solutions. And we come across to you with the hope that you'll continue to lead the way with better solutions. The times are not, they do not dictate us. St. Augustine continued and said, we are the times. Such as we are, such are the times. These incredible young people behind me are ra rising to the challenge. They rise up to the challenge. And in fact, they've helped reach out all over. We were in Omaha a couple weekends ago, 600 miles ago. We got a message on Facebook from a, a priest in Africa praying for us. And just last night, we heard from Australia a quote by a man who was saying, wow, American pro-lifers, you bring us joy, you're excited. But the thing is, Lauren heard that. She's right, right back here. Lauren heard that and said, where are we really doing enough? Are we really making it happen? Because Lauren knows that in Indiana, one in 13 pregnancies end in abortion right now. She's also coming to the U of I where one in four abortions in Illinois, or one in four pregnancies end in abortion. This is an incredible rate, a terrible rate. And I've looked into the eyes of someone who's had an abortion and struggled to find hope as she realized that her family is torn apart. But it's the Midwest. We are the heartland of America. We are founded on ground that we work, we farm, we till, we move forward. We build up sacrifice, a work ethic, and family. In fact, my family right now, my parents laid such a great example. My dad helped build the backdrop of this frame. And my mom right now, just as she has done for over 40 years, is delivering baby food to those in need who have chosen life. It is that model that you have given your children, you continue to do so, but it's that heart of family that we stand up for. And even, I know Lauren was rejected in a fall on campus five, ten times by the university trying to get something to happen, trying to educate her peers about what's going on. But she persisted and in a cold December day was able to showcase how many hearts are lost to abortion. So hundreds did not look away, but they saw what's going on. It's one thing for us to see what's going on. It's a whole other thing to act to move forward. And that's where we're at. Because in many ways, we've been surprised about this year, but the diaper drive has taken off. And I just got word from the Diocese of Superior up in northern Wisconsin, led by Duluth, which is even farther away than Omaha from here, they gathered over 15,000 diapers. So in the last week, we've gone after our target of 130,094 diapers, and we're over 50,000. But then the 15 pushed us even more. But then today, and the biggest turnout that we've had at any individual tour stop, Indianapolis, you have came out so strong, because yes, I mean, in Mundelein, we had 23,000. Right now, Indianapolis, you have given 30,859 diapers. That brings our grand total right now to 87,564 diapers and still counting. Because Chicago, we're coming back home tomorrow to see you. Will you rise up to the challenge going forward tomorrow? You showed up today, which is awesome. But will you turn bitterness to joy? Will you turn hope into how you live your life? And will you turn anger into love? That is what is needed 
We, we rejoice in that we know the truth about life. And your diapers show you can live pro-life. But tomorrow, will you go forth with charity that changes hearts and saves lives? Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. That is fantastic news about how well and how generous Hoosiers have been to support women in crisis pregnancy. These diapers that have been donated will be given to Life Centers, they'll be given to the Women's Care Center, and they'll be given to Birthline. And those are just a few of the ministries here in Indiana supporting pregnant women. Um, Kevin went through the numbers in Illinois, and, and, and unfortunately, we have about 8,000 abortions a year here in Indiana. But we are a pro-life state, and a growing pro-life state. Americans United for Life just ranked us as the fifth most pro-life state in the country. And a lot of that is credit to you, those who are part of the pro-life movement here in Indianapolis, but a lot of it is also due to our civic leaders. We have fantastic leadership in this state, and we are so blessed to have good leadership at our state house. I want to right now introduce our brand new Attorney General. Todd Rakita was just sworn in a few weeks ago as our 44th Attorney General of Indiana. He served as a member of the United States House of Representatives. He's represented the 4th District, which is just to the west of us here, and he's also served two terms as Secretary of State of Indiana, uh, as Secretary of State of the State of Indiana. He's a graduate of Wabash College. He attended law school here in Indianapolis at IU's McKinney School of Law at IUPUI. To me, this is his most impressive credential. He is a brother knight of Columbus, and I'm happy to say, as our state's newest attorney general, he is strongly pro-life. Thank you, Mr. Tuttle. It's great to see everybody. You know, if you shout more, you will get warmer. There we go. Okay, we're going to do something really quick here. I'm not sure how many more speakers are after me, but I'm going to be kind of short. Before we do that, we're going to do some jumping jacks for life, okay? I want you to put your signs down for just a minute. Just a minute. We're really going to do this. We have got to get warm so we can listen to each other and talk with each other. Are you guys ready on the count of three? One, two, three. All right, all right. Now, keeping the signs down for just one more second, this next exercise is called fighting for life. All right, it's for your upper body. Are you ready? One, two, three. Real fast, real fast, real fast, real fast, real fast. All right. All right. I didn't see you guys in the cars doing the same thing. Get those signs back up, guys. This is important. Happy New Year, everybody. I want you to I want you to know how honored I am to be standing with you in this cold weather today. God has shined a light on us today. And if standing in this cold is just one thing we could do to save a baby today, let's do it all day long. In 1858, Abraham Lincoln declared slavery to be exactly what it was, a moral, social, and political evil.
Today, we, together, proclaim abortion to be that very same category. The gruesome practice of killing unborn children is a direct contradiction of America's founding principles. The abortion industry totally rejects the idea that God gave all people, all people, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. There is so much, so much moral blindness in this world today. But because you're here, standing with us, you already know that. But you also know that we must stand up for truth, regardless of how uncomfortable it is to share sometimes. But like I said, because you're here, you know that too. Because you know all that though, I want you to know this. As your Attorney General, I will always stand up for the truth. 48 years ago today, the rights of the unborn, including those aimed at protecting life, suffered a devastating setback. With Roe versus Wade, the US Supreme Court required abortion to be legal all across this otherwise great nation. Now since that time, more than 60 million babies in this country were killed by abortion that was government blessed. We mourn all those children who we have lost. For consolation, we simply rest in the knowledge that God receives those souls, those innocent little ones, every day in the heaven. But again, we dedicate ourselves today to create better, better outcomes for all children, born and unborn, in this life here on earth. That's part of loving our neighbor. That's part of doing our duty. And it's part of servant leadership. But to be honest with you as well, as a government official, I can stand up here and, and preach all day. And what we have to realize, and I hope also what you know, is that a lot of this work lies outside the halls of government. This is not just about legislation and legal action. Our goal, as you probably heard, but it bears reminding, is just not to make abortion illegal, but to make it unthinkable. And if you're shouting and honking now, then you know the next sentence. To do that, we have to change hearts and minds, not just laws. I also want to be clear to all those listening and watching today, and all our critics who wonder why would we stand out in the cold right now. We do not care only about the unborn. Our hearts are also moved with compassion toward every woman who finds herself feeling overwhelmed, unprepared, ill-equipped for a major life change. We must put ourselves in the shoes of that pregnant woman. Uh, perhaps she's scared, perhaps jobless, perhaps an abusive relationship. Whatever the case, 
let's commit to provide an abundance of love and support for our fellow Hoosiers. And certainly we see that happening all the time already in crisis pregnancy centers and so many other places where compassion and help is extended. You are making this happen. Your leadership, your donations, your prayers make that happen. So in closing, just let me say, keep up the good work. As Apostle Paul writes, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Thank you again for everything you do. A hearty welcome to our friends from Illinois who joined us here today. And please, God bless the state of India. Thank you, Todd. You're listening to coverage of the Indiana March for Life on Catholic Radio Indy. The event is a joint project of Indianapolis Right to Life, the Archdiocese of Indianapolis, and the Diocese of Lafayette in Indiana. Our broadcast is underwritten by Mary Grace Bailey Realtor, Garin Catholic High School, and Global Plastics. We thank them for their generous support. Our battle does extend beyond the State House and beyond the capitals in this country. It, it, it goes to changing hearts and minds. And if any of you have been to the March for Life in Washington, D.C., you will know that our movement is a movement of youth. We have been able to capture the young people in this country in numbers like we've never been before. And part of that is the, the work of We Dignify. I want to introduce right now Margaret Pluto with We Dignify. And she's going to tell us a little bit more about We Dignify. One beautiful thing that has come amidst the difficulties of this past year has been watching our world come together in a new way to guard the safety of lives across the globe. Now we need to carry that through to include the lives in the womb. We see that now it is more important than ever to be openly pro-life because the opposition is loud, the disregard to life in the womb is popular, and the voices of the unborn are faint, and we need to be their voice. I am a senior at University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana, and throughout my college years, I have seen the devastating effects of abortion, and I have seen the uniting joy that standing for life brings. While being pro-life is rarely the easiest, most convenient option, I'm here to bring hope to what the future can and will be with all of our consistent efforts of building a culture of life and furthering the pro-life movement. Just after just after I turned 12, I learned that Pepsi, along with many other companies, use research from aborted embryonic cells in their flavor development. I was horrified that this type of research was not only possible, but happening. Was the flavor of my pop worth the death of an innocent child? This fueled my passion to investigate the topic further and uncover the truth of the abortion industry, the world's promotion of the culture of death, and discover the deceptive organizations that prioritize money over life. In the process of this research, I found my personal why for being pro-life. I now stand before you with rapidly increasing passion for this movement, for building a culture of life, and for being more than anti-abortion, but openly and loudly pro-life. Together, we need to be loud for life. One fundamental step we are taught at U of I through We Dignify Small Groups is the importance of finding our why. Why are you pro-life? If, 
you have not spent time exploring the answer to that question, I encourage you to do so. As I said, it's not always a simple task. We do not always get to experience the outcomes of our movement. So if we do not know why we do what we do, when faced with hardship, opposition, and trials, it can be hard to persevere. But we know through working together, we can be a pro-life generation by being an openly pro-life student on my campus. My first year in college, I was tasked with writing a paper for a child development class on the benefits of abortion. While I knew that that was not even an option, it was still a tough reality to face when I received my paper back on the fact that there are no benefits to abortion with a failing grade. However, I find hope in the fact that though I may never encounter that professor again, they read my pro-life message, they saw the research, and they heard the truth. My past couple years at U of I, we have done an event on the main quad of our campus by taking chalk and writing messages all across, saying, choose life, love them both, pro-women, pro-child, pro-life. The next day on the walks to class, it is hard to not become discouraged seeing the attempts to cross out or wash away our messages. But again, we find hope in the fact that at least one student saw that message and in some way was clearly affected by it. Amen. This past semester, my friend and I approached a few girls on campus who were visibly upset at the idea of anti-abortion activists. After over an hour of peaceful discussion with them, we were able to unpack some of their frustrations that they had shared based on their perception of our pro-life purpose. And we brought some clarity as to what the pro-life movement truly is. While their hearts and minds may not have been instantly changed, there were seeds planted, and we have hope that one day they remember that experience and come to understand the truth. These are examples of instances that, may that I may never experience, understand, or realize the impacts or results that came from them. However, without my why for being pro-life, I certainly would not have taken those opportunities to spread the hope of the message of life. So take advantage of every opportunity. Be bold in your pro-life identity and take courage in the fact that you are not alone in this movement. We must stand strong together. These children's lives depend on it. So together, let's build a culture of life, dignify every human being, care for and support both mother and child, respect and protect the elderly, recognize each human's immeasurable value. That is what being pro-life is. So my challenge to you today is to further your research, dig deep into why you believe in our cause, and let us be holistically pro-life in every aspect of the way we live, with no excuses. Now I understand doing this will not be easy. However, I get to meet someone who is pro-life because it's easy. WSBM, Cloverdale, Indianapolis, WSQM, Noblesville, Indianapolis, WLBZ, FM, HD, for Muncie, W2Y2CY, Anderson. Here in, a, in a few minutes. So if, you, uh, if you're one of our student volunteers, please come up um, close to the stage up here and um, we'll, we'll kind of give you further instructions. We're happy, we're very, very happy this year to be able to partner with um, Kevin Grillo and We Dignify um, because we want to build unity throughout the pro-life movement. Typically, we would have our um, we would have our, our, our march and our rally downtown, and, and because this is 2021, we had to quickly pivot, and we would not have been able to pivot without the help of the March for Life of Chicago. Um, it really has been providential um, to be working with them. Um, and in a usual year, we would also be having our memorial service, either at the War Memorial 
which is a really fitting location to have a memorial for all of the souls that have been lost, or at the convention center. And the reason why is it's important, crucial, I think, to take note on this day of the lives that we've lost. I recently gave a speech at uh, St. Malachy in Brownsburg, and I talked about the victories of the pro-life movement, how far we've come since 1973. People don't realize it, but now, um, if you look at the abortion ratio, a woman is less likely to seek abortion when she's pregnant now than a woman was in 1973 when Roe vs. Wade came down. Um, we, we vastly outnumber, and, and our movement is a movement of youth, as Margaret can attest, as, as others will attest. Um, we, we are growing, we are changing hearts and minds, we, we are having huge successes, but it's important to remember, and it's important to take a day like today to remember and mourn the lives that have, lo that have been lost. I was born in 1973, so for everyone here younger than me, um, everybody here represents the generations that have been lost from abortion. Um, in, in a little bit, we're going to have students come forward, hopefully, and hold the numbers that represent each year. And uh, these numbers on these signs, and, and if the signs don't materialize, you'll just have to, to um, imagine them. The numbers that have been lost every year, they represent more than numbers. They represent, for those of us who were born after 1973, classmates, missing friends. They represent parts of our community. When we talk about the numbers that are involved in abortion, we lose sight of the individual tragedies, not just for the babies, but for the women as well, who are often coerced and who've undergone abortion against their will. And that's why we've made such an effort to still hold this event, not just give in and give up because it's 2021, or throw up our hands and say, well, maybe this year we can't hold it. We must hold this event. As long as abortion is legalized and our brothers and sisters are perishing, we must hold this event every year to remember and to honor them as human beings. To make sure that no one ever forgets that these numbers on these signs were people. They were our friends, our brothers, our sisters, even though, even though we never knew them. So to remember the ones who aren't here, the missing, the chunks of entire generations that have been lost to abortion. Let me ask all of you to take a moment of silence to remember the nearly 72 million people that have been lost to abortion. You're listening to a recording of in the you're listening to a recording of the Indiana March for Life. We apologize for all of the wind noise on the microphone, but the event was an outdoor event held at the parking lot of St. Elizabeth and Seton Parish, and we thank them for use of their facility. You're listening to coverage of the Indiana March for Life on Catholic Radio Indy. The event is a joint project of Indianapolis Right to Life, the Archdiocese of Indianapolis, and the Diocese of Lafayette in Indiana. Our broadcast is underwritten by Mary Grace Bailey Realtor, Garin Catholic High School, and Global Plastics. We thank them for their generous support. And now to continue to help us to memorialize these babies, I want to invite to the stage my friend, Pastor Frederick Boyd. Pastor Boyd is a board member of Rights of Life of Indianapolis. He's the pastor of Zion Unity Missionary Baptist Church. He's also the uh, director of uh, Creation Evidence Expo. 
And I want to invite uh, Pastor Boyd up here to uh, help us to, to remember these children and to, uh, to pray for them. Good afternoon to everyone. That was kind of pitiful. We're here to celebrate life. But we can do better than that. Good afternoon. Come on, let's get loud. We have come once again to remember the lives that have been taken by abortion. The Bible's very clear, and I have been preaching 41 years now. And in the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, 14 through 17, it says, There are six things the Lord hate, yea, seven. And one of those seven things is hands that shed innocent blood. What do we call it? What do we call it? That's it's murder to take a life that God has given. I don't like it. That's why we're here gathered to stand and say it's time that we stop killing and start preserving life. I'm pro-life. My church is pro-life. And I'm here standing for pro-life. Amen? Also, also uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 20 says, it says, choose life and live. So all of you that's for life, why don't you listen, join me by saying, choose life. All right, let's do it. Ready? One, two, three. Choose life. Choose life. Come on. Come on, say it. Choose life. Choose life. I'm so proud of all of you that's here, and I'm getting old. This cold weather don't agree with me. <laughs> but I'm here because I want to stand for our cause. I want to let our viewers and those who's listening right now know that it's time for us to turn the, the table and start seeing lives saved and not aborted. This is uh, one of the darkest times in our nation we're about to embrace. But I can still tell you the light still shines. And if you're a child of God, born again, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, it's time that we stand and shine our light in the midst of this darkness. So that's all I've got for this time. And I'm supposed to pray. Uh, we're going to have the... Uh, we're going to go ahead and pray now. And our prayer is that abortion will cease. Maybe 2021 will stop it. Maybe COVID-19 has come on the scene to stop abortion. I pray it, it does, but we're going to pray for those who have already perished. Mark gave us the numbers. So let's pray. And let each one of us do our part to stem the loss of life. Let's stand, be counted, be grateful that God can use us to make a difference. I love the Lord. Do you love the Lord? Yeah. That was pitiful too. Do you love the Lord? Yeah. <laughs> Let me pray. 
Lord, I'm so grateful on this cold, it is cold, Friday here in Indianapolis, Indiana, to be on this platform once again to stand for pro-life, stand for the, the children that have perished through abortion, but to stand and, and pray that someone that may hear my voice right now that's thinking about having an abortion, that they'll change their mind and decide to have that child, even if they have to put it up for adoption. We are tired of a nation that enjoys destroying life and all of the innocent blood that has been shed. God help us today, help this country, help our nation to turn from this wicked, evil, ungodliness and start thinking about the creation that you have in every woman's womb. You're the creator. You're the one to give life. It's not our job to take it. So I pray for Washington, D.C. right now. I pray for the President Biden. I pray that, Lord, those in his cabinet, including himself, will decide not to continue to, to plan parenthood and supporting them to destroy life. But to have a change of heart and decide life is precious because God is the giver of life. So just bless this day, bless our memorial. Help us never forget this day in our minds until we have victory. And because I have read the last pages in the Bible, I want to declare on this January 22nd, 2021, that we're going to win this war. We're going to win the battle. So help us to continue to stand. Help us to be bold. Help us to declare the truth. And help us to stand for a cause of life. Thank you for all the, the organizers. Thank you for Mark Tuttle, the president of Indianapolis Right to Life. Thank you for all the board members that serve with me. Now, Lord, you just bless. And we will give you the praise. Thank you for this audience today. Thank you for them coming and standing in the cold with us. This is an important day for life. We love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. Let your will be done now on earth as it is in heaven. And I will give you the praise in Jesus' name. And all those that love the truth and love life will say what? Amen. 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 God bless you. Thanks for coming. Thank you, Pastor Boyd. Thank you for those words. And the good news is that the Lord is raising up leaders. He's raising up people to take this fight. And he's raising up those that are going to stand up for life and be able to protect the innocent. I want to introduce to you now one of those leaders. Um, she's the Regional Director of Students for Life of America. And she's been working closely with us here at Right to Life of Indianapolis to help us to organize students, to help us to organize teenagers to be able to take a stand for life. She has an event coming up next weekend. She's going to tell you a little bit about. But Emily got her start at the University of Michigan, where she was a campus leader there. And now she works for Students for Life, where she helps to organize student leaders at campuses across Indiana and Michigan. And um, it, it, is her, it, it is her desire to help students to advocate for women and children on their campuses together 
so that the pro-life movement can show our small communities and the nation at large how the pro-life generation is standing for the dignity and value of every human being, born and pre-born. So, Emily? Hi guys, um, like Mark just said, uh, my name is Emily and I am the Great Lakes Regional Coordinator for Students for Life. So I serve 120 student groups between the states of Michigan and Indiana and they represent just a portion of our 1,300 chapters nationwide on middle school, high school, and college campuses. Um, some of these students, you heard them, they're here today. Um, and it's my pleasure to be here in collaboration with Indiana March for Life, March for Life Chicago, and Indianapolis Right to Life, who very kindly invited me here today uh, to let you know uh, about the mission of Students for Life. Um, and our mission is simply this. Our mission is to abolish abortion in our lifetimes. Now, how do we do that? We do that by empowering students to lead groups on their campus, building community coalitions, and mobilizing the pro-life generation to all sorts of activism events. Next weekend, we're hosting a Stand for Life weekend in Indianapolis, beginning on January 27th and continuing to the 30th, with both virtual and in-person events, including a life chain in downtown Indianapolis and a prayerful presence on the sidewalk. Now, I want to tell you about the Stand for Life weekend uh, because it's launching something really special that Students for Life is doing for the next year, and that is our pro-life future campaign. We're doing this in 19 cities, including Indianapolis, across the country, and the goal of this campaign is to build coalitions with local organizations, mobilizing our students to go door-to-door -to, -door to advertise pregnancy resource centers, raise awareness for their services, put pressure on the abortion facilities that have health code violations, along with a digital ad campaign with mind-changing quizzes. We're pouring our 15 years worth of activism experience into this campaign on the ground and digitally in these 19 cities, and we hope to see results that begin creating a pro-life future. And what is a pro-life future? A pro-life future is a future for this country where abortion is abolished, where Roe versus Wade has been reversed, and where we are free to protect the dignity and worth of every single human being, and there are no more women and children being victimized by the predatory abortion industry. We want to take them down, uh, and we want to free uh, our nation from this scourge. So if you're a student, a pastor, director of a resource center, or other community organization, reach out to Students for Life. Go to our website at studentsforlife.org, or find me afterwards to connect to our mission. Uh, this is vital, it's very important, and we want to create, begin to create our pro-life future here in Indianapolis uh, so that we can launch this mission across the country, uh, regardless of who's in office, right? We can do this activism in our cities, in our communities, um, and we can make abortion illegal and unthinkable right now in our lifetime, um, and we are the pro-life generation. And before I go, with that uh, call to, to action, um, and I'm going to be here uh, afterwards, so if you want to get in contact with me, if you want to learn more about uh, our Pro-Life Future campaign, if you want to come to Stand for Life, find me, I'm going to be here. Um, but before I go, I'd like to close in a quick prayer um, for all of our students and the activism of the Pro-Life movement as a whole. Eternal Father, please keep the fire of activism burning in our hearts for the defense of the pre-born and in service to the women victimized by abortion. Help us to effectively change hearts and minds to build a pro-life future for our nation and ensure the end of this scourge of abortion. Please be with the victims of abortion today, Lord, the women and children that are being preyed upon right this very minute by the abortion industry. 
console those post-abortive women um, who have to, to live with that choice, um, who, who might not have had a choice. Uh, Lord, please be with them and console them. And bring your light to the women in crisis right this moment. And grant them the grace to choose life. We can't be successful alone. Uh, we beg your blessing as we seek to do your will. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Indianapolis. Very good. And for our next speaker, I'd like to introduce another student leader. Brayden Eckert is a pro-life activist. And he is a local advocate of the foster care system and adoption. And one thing that people don't realize, is, and this is an important part of the pro-life movement, Indiana leads the nation. We are the number one state in the country for adoptions out of our foster care system. A lot of people stereotype our movement as caring only about the babies while they are in the womb. But we, we care more about life from conception until natural death at all stages of life. And so we advocate for babies, we advocate for young children, we advocate for women, and we advocate for the elderly and the disabled. And so I want to invite Braden up here to tell us a little bit more about his activism and what he's done as a student leader. Good afternoon, Pro-Life Indiana! Yes, I love to see this. Okay, I just want to give a quick shout out to my club, Westfield Students for Life. We are doing so much here in Indiana, and it's been just such a joy to be a part of this group. Um, as Mark already mentioned, my name is Braden Eckert, I, and I am a local pro-life advocate. Uh, I just wanted to, and Mark kind of already shared this, but did you know that this past year alone, Indiana had over 2,000 successful adoptions? I know, it's amazing. <laughs> it is so amazing to see adoption rising in our state. And for us to have been named a state with a hugely successful fostering system. I myself was adopted from the Denver foster care system at, eight, at about 19 months. You see, this past year, I had one of the most amazing things happen to me. I got to meet my biological family and my biological mother before her sudden passing. In the pro-life movement, we are always so supporting of biological mothers who choose life and adoption. While my mother didn't choose adoption for me, she did still do the amazing, courageous thing to give me life when she herself was at a breaking point in her own life. I thank God every day that she gave me life and that I can serve like a Moses to those still in the foster care system. Sorry. You see, when I was in foster care, I didn't have the best experience myself. I watched my three sisters get brutally abused, and they watched me become severely malnourished to the point where I was just skin and bones and a little bit of hair on the top of my head. It is just so disheartening to me when I see people saying stuff like, oh, well, our foster care system is so broken. Um, maybe we shouldn't... Um, put children in there. And I understand that the foster care system in some states is very broken, but that is such a discredit when using that phrase to those of us who have survived so much of the abuse of the system and for those parents who are truly working as foster parents to create a culture of life and to create a loving environment for children in need of love. Thank you. <laughs> okay. You 
see, adoption is very beautiful. And I, I, I'm so grateful every day to be adopted. It's so amazing. I kind of like to tell people I have two families and I'm just cooler like that. But <laughs> um, it is just so beautiful. And as a Christian myself, it is such a beautiful reminder of what Christ did for us. Christ adopted us into the family of God. Christ brought us into a family that we were not deserving of, but he chose to love us anyway. And that is just so beautiful. And I just, I love seeing families that have adopted kids because it, it makes me happy to see that there are truly families out there doing this because they love children and they want to save children who might have not experienced the best kind of love. But, you know, there are some who do not get that same love. And that is why I love the pro-life movement because the pro-life movement is creating a culture of love and a culture of life and a culture to love life, honestly. It is just so beautiful to see and working with Students for Life, to see this amazing culture that my generation is building that we hope to carry until the day that we can vote and even after then. Now, I would just like to quickly, before I'm done here, just pray for anyone here who might be considering adoption. So if you would just pray with me real quick. Dear God, thank you so much for all of us being able to come out here. Thank you that we can all stand out here and represent life at a time when life is not as sacred as it used to be. Lord, I just pray that you would bless all these people out here and that you would encourage those who are seeking to adopt, that you would just send them a child, Lord, that they can love and that they can love like you loved us. God, I just want to thank you for everything that you're doing in our country, Lord, and I just want to pray over everyone here today. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Brayden. Thank you for your for, for your witness, and thank you for your leadership. Brayden truly is a student leader. The pro-life movement, as I said, it expands the gamut from political activism to local activism to caring for the women and caring for those in crisis pregnancy. Um, part of the diaper drive, we were happy, delighted to be able to support our pregnancy care centers. Um, the Women's Care Center, Birthline, and Life Centers in their ministries to help and reach out to women. They are part of the unsung heroes of the pro-life movement. So as our last speaker, I'm happy to introduce a representative from Life Centers, Heather Wilson. Heather's a wife, a mom, a foster mom, and servant to the Lord. She loves seeing God work through the SOAR ministry offered through Life Centers, where she helps facilitate a post-aborted Bible study She's a passionate about speaking up for the voiceless and helping women and men find healing after abortion. So I'd like to introduce to you now Heather Wilson. Hello. I'm going to keep my mask on because it's warmer. But, um, <laughs> um, thank you for having me. and I'm here to share my testimony with you and what God's done in my life. And, Um, so, when I was 16, I met a boy and thought I was in love, um, and I had grown up without God in my life, and when I was 17, I found myself pregnant, scared, um, and when I shared that with my boyfriend, he demanded that I have an abortion. 
I was terrified to tell my parents. So I waited until my 18th birthday so that I could go to Planned Parenthood without a parental signature. And my sweet baby, Emma May, is one that will be memorialized today. Um, after that abortion, of course, that relationship didn't last, and I spiraled out of control. Um, I was flooded by guilt and shame, um, which just led to drinking and um, just out of control behavior. And I say that um, I was crippled by that and depressed and at times wanted to take my own life. I met my now husband. Um, we met and were married in three months. And it was a hard marriage. As you can imagine, bringing something like an abortion and all of that pain and guilt and anger into that and um, really not knowing what was going on with me. I had shoved it down so far because I didn't want to feel any of it. And we went on like that for a long time. We, um, I didn't tell anyone, so I, I didn't even tell my husband until we had been married for a year. And I blurted it out and then we never spoke of it again. But we were having um, a hard time getting pregnant. So I felt like um, I felt like God was punishing me for what I had done, and that I didn't deserve to be a mom. We tried everything. Um, we did that for three years, and then we decided to look into adoption. And we were picked by a birth mom, and we have a beautiful son. And I thought that, okay, um, has God forgiven me? Does he, maybe he can love me? Maybe, like, I was just so confused. Um, I still had all of that anger and, and stuff going on inside of me, but, but something had changed. Like, I was as happy as I could be. And I just knew that I wanted to raise Jackson in church. So we moved to the Indianapolis area. Jackson was going to preschool and I was looking for somewhere to volunteer. Um, mind you, I told you I didn't have God, so I didn't know how he worked yet. And so I thought that I would atone for my sins and everything would be fine. Um, so we were at a church, Crossroads in Indiana, and I saw Life Centers on the back of the pamphlet. And I'm like, that's it. You know, this is, I found it. This is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to help women. I'm going to atone for those sins and um, get my life back. Well, um, I go to the training. And then the director of the West Center comes in and says, if you've had an abortion in your past, you have to go through SOAR in order to volunteer. And my head went down, like I'm not, they don't need to know this. I'm not telling my secret to anybody. Um, 
you know, why would I talk about the worst mistake of my life? I already have this plan. So she left, and before she was to her car, I was out chasing her in tears. I couldn't even say the word abortion, but I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine. I just want to help these women. And she said, oh, honey, we have a class for you. So I reluctantly got my um, book and stuff and started the SOAR class. I didn't want to be there. I was angry. I thought it was fine. And God... God showed me different. And he showed me his love. And the enemy lied to me and told me that I couldn't be pro-life. That I couldn't stand up for what I knew was right. That I couldn't fight this fight because of what I had done. I was hiding in my bedroom doing my study because my mom lived with us and she still didn't know. And me and my husband didn't talk about it. But I made it through the study and at the end we have a memorial for all of the babies. And um, I just broke and I was able to grieve the loss of my baby and realize that she's in the arms of Jesus. And um, we had been married for 10 years at that time. And um, I started speaking out. I started speaking up. I started telling people about my abortion and about the healing powers of God and, um, and all the reasons why you don't want to do this. If you didn't know, I can tell you. Come find me and I'll tell you why you don't want to do it. Um, but we became pregnant right after I found my feeling was sore and I was saved. And through Life Centers and the SOAR program, my whole life changed and um, it gave me my eternity. And I'm just thankful that you guys are here, every single one of you, standing up and fighting for the voiceless, speaking out, because there is a fight that we have, and we're not done. We've got to keep going. Um, and the God, God just continues to bless our family and show me, um, show me who he is, which is amazing, and um, I'm so thankful for Life Centers and their program, and um, we continue to help heal the, win the men and women that have made that choice to abort. Um, and I just thank you. Thank you for letting me be here. Thank you for listening. And just please keep up the good work. Thank you, Heather. Thank you for your, uh, your testimony, and thank you for your witness. Your witness of God's love, your God's mercy, and your compassion, and God's compassion. In 1973, our country collectively turned its back on God through the Supreme Court decision. We all, to a certain extent, bear a little bit of responsibility for that. 
And we all need to turn. We all need to repent. We all need to ask God, what can we do? What can we do to restore life to our country again? And so I thank all of you for coming out to our rally today. Remembering, being here, just being present on January 22nd to remember the tragedy, to remember the tragedy in the numbers, the 62 million, but to remember the tragedy in the individual stories, individual stories like Heather's, individual stories that we will never know. It's important for you to be here, and so I'm so thankful that you guys came. I'm so thankful that we were able to hold this event, and I am so thankful that God is working through our movement and that God is working through each and every one of us to restore life again to our land. So thank you all for coming. God bless you, and continue to pray for our movement and continue to pray for our nation. Thank you all very much. You've been listening to coverage of today's Indiana March for Life. The event is a joint project of Indianapolis Right to Life, the Archdiocese of Indianapolis, and the Diocese of Lafayette in Indiana. Our broadcast was underwritten by Mary Grace Bailey Realtor, Garen Catholic High School, and by Global Plastics. We thank them for their generous support. And thank you for listening. And we now return you to our regularly scheduled program on Catholic Radio Indy.